0: Smart Politics for Stupid Times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Thursday, September 10th. Cliff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think to myself, what topic,
1: a wonderful world. Our topic is set out for us today. Uh, Donald Trump confesses to being a homicidal, genocidal murderer. Um,
0: yeah. That's the tagline. Well, it's hard. I think obviously that is the worst of all of the things that were admitted. But you know, there's two other I think, Hmm. you know, I mean, with Trump, it's always a competition of awful. I think General Mattis, when he was defense secretary for a period in to- of time in 2017, sleeping in his clothes because he was so sure that Trump taunting Kim Jong-un and insulting him was going to cause a nuclear launch against us. Oh, I didn't see that part. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I saw him. Uh, he said he was going to church he and wanted to, yeah. to pray yeah. that our country would, would survive Trump. And he was sleeping in his clothes because he felt oh, like that he was going to be awakened with a you know North Korea just launched a nuke at San Francisco, and he'd have to be ready to go and respond. This is this is the kind of intel they were getting about how Trump, a madman himself, taunting this madman Kim Jong Un, who is not stable either, might end up leading to our uh, to a nuclear annihilation of an American city.
1: Now, I think that what you're referring to. Tell people what you're referring to. Well, what well, happened just, We'll get into we're the right top lines right now, and then we're going to go further.
0: And the <laughs> no, no, third no, no,
1: one – No, no, no. Wait, stop. People don't know what you're talking about. I understand that, before. but I'm
0: giving them top lines. This is from Woodward's book. We're going to go into the That's details. That's what I mean. Over. You didn't mention it was Woodward's book okay. is what I'm telling you. <laughs> and the third one, which is Trump's own DNI, director of national intelligence, uh, who he fired because because he didn't want stuff on, you know, on Russia, Dan Coates after observing trump for period a period of time as his dni this is the very conservative former republican senator of indiana the one who introduced clarence thomas when he was appointed to the supreme court not he was a on liberal the board of the family research council yes, in the 1990s not a liberal yeah. He came to the conclusion that not only was Trump fully morally in every way unfit to be president, that he literally believed his own lies. He didn't know if Trump actually could tell the difference between truth and lies and was delusional. But he also came to the conclusion that uh, that at, during his time under Trump, he became not as convinced, not less convinced, more convinced yep. that Putin had something on Trump by observing Trump's Black, behavior. Like yep. th- the kind of stuff that we don't even see in private led him to believe yep. So i said say those are three pretty pretty large yep. top lines,
1: um, yep. and there's more. And, and right. I mean obviously you guys know, but I like to sort of put things in a higher level here. Bob Woodward's book is coming out next week about Trump, the latest called Rage, and uh, he clearly – Woodward himself must have leaked to CNN uh, the book itself and 18 separate recordings, 18 separate meetings with Trump that Woodward had, Trump agreed, Trump let him tape them. So Woodward released the tapes yesterday and they're as damning as they get. Unless you read the New York Times, then not so
0: damning. It seems like kind of bad, but not because the New York Times is the worst fucking paper and you should all unsubscribe from it and I hate them. And I could go on and on and cool, and rave. but let's tell them exactly what the Times did just to – we were going to mention you this, this one, John, because I will probably I lose a, my shit. have an aneurysm. <laughs> I, I might. I mean I, I – yeah. and I'll do that during the show. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll explain how I honestly believe the New yeah. York Times is one of the, one of the five institutions yeah. – or entities or individuals most responsible for the last four years of the nightmare we've lived through. And you know, you're winning me over. I, I I
1: didn't disbelieve because obviously I know how the times screwed us over, but you've won me over (laughs) even more. So, the day after Hillary's email, uh, Comey announced—not re- uh, uh, Comey, I think. What well, was it, Comey? Whoever. Oh, uh, yeah, the Comey letter. Yeah, the, the morning after the Comey letter, telling of the discovered duplicate emails. Oh my God, there's more. Remember, there were emails on, you know, this, it was on Huma's computer and what's his face, the pervs' computer. You know, the her, hu- her ex-husband, the congressman, We Have a husband, Dick. Uh, I said Dick. That's Dick. awesome. Weiner. Um, <laughs> Anthony Wiener. <laughs> Anthony Dick. Anthony dick. Um, and so the New York Times, and I didn't even fully realize how bad the homepage was of the New York Times until I was reading it right now. So the New York Times homepage the day after that happened, and mind you, we're talking you know days before the election, has a huge photo of Hillary and Huma. It says, new email, the top story, new emails, jolt Clinton campaign and race's last days. The photo is taking up like a quarter of the top part of the homepage. The second top story, with 11 days to go, Trump says revelations change everything. The next story, says decision pulls FBI leader back down into political fray. The entire top of the New York Times is three different stories, all about Hillary, the disaster for
0: Hillary, right? This happening Entire with the upper half, as they call it, above the fold of the which front is page the exactly. New York Times, was literally which which yep. and this is important to say to people. And I'll let John continue. It's not just that the New York Times is has the paper with the best reputation in the United States and one of the best, if not the best, in the world, still. And 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 uh, it, it, you know and carries that much weight. It's 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 that it also you know so it's read by it's probably one of the most right. well read newspapers in the world. It it's that it it tells everyone else how to cover something. It sets an agenda right. because right. of that reputation. Right. And so people listening to their local news in Spokane or in Birmingham or wherever. Are, it, that is influenced because their local you know, news people, whether TV, radio, local newspapers, see how the New York Times chooses to cover something. And and this is the role these – I'm sorry – motherfuckers at the New York Times have never been willing to accept with their angry denials and their whatever. They have never accepted their responsibility in, in foisting – helping foist this tragedy of the Trump presidency on the United States with what they did and still yep. don't clearly. Go okay. ahead, John. Yep. Sorry.
1: So as Cliff was saying, above the fold is very important in, in, in the news world. Basically, if you think of holding a, a, a print newspaper, right, you open it up, but it's still folded over in half, but you've got it sort of open, right? So everything above that fold halfway down the paper is super important because that's where you put the best stuff and you put the most important story on the far right. That's the way it works, right? So with the Hillary stuff, as I said, it was, it was all Hillary anyway, and a huge photo on the left because the photo gets your attention, and then you look to the right and go, oh, my God, Hillary. Well, today's New York Times has, above the fold, six huge photos of the explosion in Beirut six weeks ago. The photos are taking up, I would say, three-fifths of the front page. Above the fold. Three fifths. I mean, like, it's clearly what they want you to look at. It's six photos walking you through the timeline and what actually happened in the explosion, the explosion six weeks ago, right? This isn't exactly breaking news. And then when you look to the top story on the right, the top story on the right is security chiefs silenced alarms, ex official says. Uh, You know, Cliff, guess what that story even is? Although you may know because you were following the news yesterday. What is that? Security chiefs silenced alarms. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know, right? You don't know, because what that's, sto- first of all, when I read story- that, I don't know. I mean, I that's the thing. No. The top story isn't even the Woodward book, right? It's not the salacious details that Trump said on tape akin to Watergate. It's and it's an important story, but even the headline sucks. It's the fact that Homeland Security told their own people to stop reporting on white supremacy violence and stop reporting on Russia's attack on the elections. Even within their own intelligence collection, they were to stop and analyzing it. Now, that's an important story, but right. but it's not as important. It is a hugely important story, but not as important as the Woodward explosion and the in headline. Words, even it's during- actually a,
0: during normal times, during the normal the normal times a normal tough- presidency, and and right. by that I mean any other and, presidency. And even if you thought that was the top story, mind you,
1: it's another story that's horrific for Trump. The headline is "Security Chiefs Silenced Alarms." Right,
0: you're going okay. Is that a security not, chief at Enron? Not, or not, is not, it? not like right? whistleblower from department from senior official at Department of Homeland Security accuses Trump yeah. of of undermining, you know, ability to yeah. whatever.
1: What's a security chief? Is that somebody working at a? bank is that somebody, somebody a security is that a cyber security guy at, so, at a company right silenced yes. alarms oh so there were alarms going off that he pulled the plug on i mean it so then you get to the third most important story <laughs> or the you know and it's oh Trump admits trump admits he trump admits he minimized viruses threat that's it that's it i mean now mind you especially with that headline cliff i look at that and i go yeah you know i guess but no i mean just look at that headline you go well you know yeah but i mean trump's been minimizing the virus threat forever they've got a new story saying trump is minimizing the virus threat he did that a couple days ago it's not it's not trump knew trump knew a virus threat
0: he knew that this thing was five times more deadly than the flu he said that
1: look guess who wrote the story
0: i would go with either i'm gonna go with peter baker it was maggie
1: Although not her fault, because it's probably a good story. It was the headline writers that and the editors who decided to downplay it. But they freaking downplayed the entire fucking story, Cliff. I mean, it's... And mind you, Beirut. I care about Beirut. I don't give a flying fuck what happened in Beirut six weeks ago. As far as oh, this is a really important photo story we've got. It's got to take precedence over the fact that we may have another Watergate here. No, 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 no. But it's pretty funny. This is, I mean, and
0: this isn't even honestly the only thing you could compare this to. Uh, to go back in time uh, is are either LBJ or Nixon lying and saying we're winning in Vietnam when we're losing. Because that and be, these and even that is not on this scale. Because as we know, and don't get me wrong, and any letting anybody die over a failed war is morally reprehensible, and it's hard for a lot of us who are big fans of of LBJ's domestic policies to reconcile right. that and how fucked that was. Um, less so with Nixon, of course. But but I mean, you know, th- this that's the only thing I can think of to even slightly compare this to, you know, or, or potentially Iraq, where you know they they that they basically bullshit and lied our way into a war that killed, you know, all sorts of people. Because in the end, these aren't lies like this isn't Watergate. This isn't Nixon lying about, about breaking I'm the DNC headquarters. This is somebody lied the, the the ultimate job of the president is to protect us. This is the president right. taking the most solemn responsibility he or she has. And literally just blowing it off, quite literally, and and telling people the opposite. The number of, of video that has been, you know, videos, and you all remember them, pulled out since then after he told Woodward he knew how serious it was. And he knew that, uh, that this could kill young people too. And then you've got video of him saying, oh, young are completely immune to it. And I mean it's not even just the overall lie. It's the various lies he's told to get people to go back to school, all this other stuff. All of that he, he told Woodward in February he knew was not true. Yeah. He's been yep. basically – he has been lying on the scale of, as John mentioned, we started this, and John and I trying to play in hyperbole. Call it mass homicide. Call it negligent yep. homicide. Call it genocide. I don't call don't it. What call, you want. Don't
1: call. Don't call it, go on. I say, don't call it negligence because
0: that was a fight I had with somebody online last That's night. a great point. It, it wasn't negligence, negligence, right? because He didn't do it right? by mistake. It's a great point. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> right. the, the most, some of the more estimates we have, and it's always going to be impossible to know exactly what's correct, were that if he had acted in February and March, at the very least 56,000 more people would be alive. instead and of 100. Yes, let yeah. me
1: interject. Ajish Raj, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh he's on CNN a lot. Uh, doctor, he's the dean of the Brown School of Public Health. So you'll know him if you see him, kind of a, you know, very nice guy, glasses, very affable. Um, he's on last night, maybe Anderson's show. I think it was Anderson's show. And he's and Anderson asks him just that, how many can you estimate how many people wouldn't have died of the you know, of the 190 we've lost 190,000? How many would have been saved had Trump actually acted on this information that he obviously did have in February? He said anywhere between 100,000 and 150,000 people wouldn't have died. He he went that far, Cliff. Wow. The other estimates were tens of thousands. He he said right out hundred to one hundred fifty thousand Americans. So we're, were talking about America just you know, connected. to
0: put that in the context of where or as we approach two hundred thousand, we're talking about sixty to seventy seventy five percent of the people who died yeah. wouldn't have died. Because yeah. we have to remember, yeah. you know, the Obama people, uh by all accounts, <sighs> Obama and Biden acted you know, as, as competently, quickly um, you know, as they could with H one N one, and we still lost twelve thousand people. I mean, you know, realistically, even if you act quickly and you test, trace, isolate, you know, do everything you, you right, you're going to lose some people sadly, because these things are that deadly. But think about the difference between 12,000 people. and again, this may be a more deadly you know and a more easily passed strain, but you know then what, what the what Dr Brown was saying instead of 193 or 194 wherever we are right now, right. maybe we're at 30 or 40. Which again is a terrible tragedy, but then you've done everything you can and and to yep. prevent it. Um, just, I mean. No, it's homicide. I mean, House is better than what dictators do when they mass murder people. I'm not really sure. yep. I mean just about that Trump didn't pick yep. the gun up himself or the knife instead he used the lie to get them yep. to put themselves in situations he encouraged his supporters to turn not wearing masks into something to be proud of. How he held a whole fucking Republican convention, yep. you know, breaking the law on our White House lawn where nobody except for a few interspersed people were masked. He's still so it's, it's, right he's still doing a cliff he he yelled at um that Reuters reporter
1: two days ago to take his mask off during the press conference so the reporter refused they um, had the they had the big campaign event this week most people weren't wearing ma- two of them this week no people weren't wearing masks Right, I mean, the thing is, wait—he mocked mocked Biden. I'm sorry, that was his thing. He mocked. See, I'm forgetting this stuff because too much is happening. He mocked Biden like five days ago for wearing a mask in front of a campaign audience. Went on and on about how funny it is, and and the mask shows. If there were a psychologist, it shows he's got some kind of deficiency. He's making up for. So now you're telling your people basically that if you wear a mask, it means you think you have a small penis. I mean, like, it's just. I wish I was joking. Sorry, I wanted to put that in a larger context of
0: it's... No, but it's like these things that they purposely turn into manhood issues that they know then will resonate with their their lunatic, uneducated base. Mm -hmm. Guns, you know, I mean, anything that could stand in for macho manhood, you know, kind of thing is is what they do. And they did that here. Remember all the, and people have been retweeting them, all those tweets about liberate Minnesota, liberate Michigan, you know, demanding that these people show up as they did, unmasked, at state houses with guns to, to scream and yell. And, and in some of those cases, I remember covering at the time, they mm-hmm. slowed down or scared, they scared our governor off uh, for a few months from having a mask mandate here in Ohio because right. they showed up at the state house. So instead of doing what was the most obvious thing in the world to do, he did it by county. So if you were spiking, you had a mask mandate, right. but all that was doing in the end was saying, we're not going to be preventative. It's oh, like, put know. the condom on afterwards. Wait, you know what's you funny know? about
1: this, Cliff? You, you know, know but think about this. he we've been kind of joking and not joking about the fact that Trump has his little corona personal coronavirus testing machine, like the King, you know, or like the the Empress in his little in his White House. I, I, it's worse than we thought, I think, because obviously we thought, well, he's worried about his own health, but he doesn't care publicly. He knew how dangerous this was. One of the things he said in early February to Woodward, and this was because of briefings he got at the end of January. So actually he knew in January, but one of the things he told Woodward was, no, this is really bad. You know, the flu, the flu, did you know the flu kills 25 to 30,000 people a year? actually it kills between that and 70,000 but that's he you know let's say he said 30 right 25, 25 to 30 Never. he said this is this is five times as deadly it'll kill five times as many people so trump in early february thought the coronavirus was going to kill 125 100 to 100, no 125 to 150,000 people is what he just said in essence because he said this is what the flu kills this is going to be five times worse he thought it was going to be 125 to 150,000 people and one month later he just lied. That was the famous tweet comment when he said, Oh, there's only five cases. It's going away. It's not even anything like the flu. All
0: right, guys. And now a short commercial break. Ooh. Hey, John, do you know that bacteria and hey, viruses guys. live everywhere? I've heard that. I've heard too. Your phone, earbuds, car keys, groceries, <laughs> packages, wallet, even your face mask. Sanitizing these the items problem. is important is staying safe is important part of staying safe and healthy. It could also mean using harmful chemicals that constantly need to be replaced. So the Clean Phone line of products changes all that. The Clean Phone brand offers a full range of sanitizing products that use ultraviolet light. This is the same technology used to sanitize hospital rooms and medical equipment. The Clean phone products have been tested by independent laboratories and provide the best quality UV sanitizing for every need. CleanPhone is a device designed for phones and household items. It even works as a wireless charger for your cell phone. And now, at the new CleanPhone mm-hmm. wall, John's favorite product—a portable handheld unit that can go anywhere and be used to sanitize tablets, computers, packages, groceries, and more. Get the Clean. Oops, oh, sorry. Go to the NewDealShop.com and pick the right CleanPhone products for you. Get free FedEx two day shipping. And as an added bonus, get 10% off FDA authorized respirator face masks. Go to the, the newdealshop.com now. That's a free FedEx two day shopping and an added 10% off FDA authorized respirator mask. Well, I'm falling apart at the end here. Uh, at the newdealshop.com, go there now. And now, Woo! after this, we just get to the apocalypse. Do you know who John Zal is? No, he's a he's a veteran, uh, very progressive. He has like a, a he has a, a, a popular, I think, blog and podcast. Hmm. You know, he's on Twitter. I mean, I think he summed it up really well here in a tweet. Hmm. He told us it would go away like a miracle. He berated people for wearing masks. He held rallies. He knew the entire time that the virus was airborne and lethal. That's not quote unquote avoiding panic. It's murder. Yeah. I don't think I could put it any more yeah. succinctly than that. It is. And
1: and that's I, my final my point. I was I injured, told you if you
0: didn't know what that gravity existed, John, because you yeah. couldn't. I told you, go walk off of the edge, you know, into the Grand Canyon there. I would be committing murder. Well, people be have been people murder. have been
1: comparing it to a the movie. Instead of shouting fire in a movie, you kept shouting, guys, everything's okay. That's it's it's fake Northern of flames, you'll be good. It's fire actually on the makes production. You <laughs> no, right. it's smoke from the production. That's just stage smoke. Right. Sit down. While while your own personal fire brigade is running at you off the back door and stepping on people and shoving them out of the way. I mean that that's what ticks me off about his machine is his testing machine. We all kind of knew he knew, but now we know he really knew. And what I mean by that is we th- we know he's a blithering idiot. We know he's a liar to some degree. We don't want to think he's playing you know eleventh dimensional chess that he's just kind of a, like a you know like a paramecium. You poke it, it goes the other way. It's, but in this case, he knew exactly what was going on. He knew people were going to die and he knew it was to his benefit to lie and to let people die. He thought it was to his benefit.
0: Um, the, uh, and, and again, like, and I think this is an important point to make. We've had Rachel Bittakoffer on the show before. Yep. Um, she tweeted out one or two things that I think we're exactly right on, which uh-huh. is, you know how much how much this goes is going to affect Trump's totals? We don't know yet. I would argue, I think with certain groups that I've seen out there that are key. we've talked about on the yep. show, double haters. Oh, which groups the ones that hate both Biden and Trump. Uh, that went okay. largely for Trump oh, in sixteen right. who hated both Trump and Hillary. Uh, you know, right. sort of independently. You know, kind of more center right conservative men who ended up voting for Gary Johnson. Like I think that this, there's that this can affect. But overall, her overall point being that the fact that that Trump has failed on this ethical level and that he Pardon. still is even at 42%. He's still even in this election in any way. And still, frankly, again, we won't know the results of this and the story before this, and that almost seems like a month ago about him calling soldiers losers and suckers, which is still somehow an ongoing story because they were still talking about yesterday, even within all this stuff. It helped, of course, that one of the things that Woodward reported is that uh, I don't like using the word and I'm not going to, so I'll just say you, that Trump called all of his – his generals, the P word, um, and to oh, the, say as it. In no, they were, i I'm not. I have a wife. I'm not saying that word. No,
1: the there New York like, Times. Did you see this? The New York Times used the F word and the P word in their quote about in the story about this last night.
0: I'll use the F word every day, but the P word away, to me is sexist, and I have a. No, wife, no, that's okay. I'm not doing it. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I'm just telling you, it was interesting. Shit, New York you know, goddamn, I'll say those yeah. all day long <laughs> to the end of yeah. time, but when it's disrespectful. No, no, to we, me, go ahead. Any case, the so so that maybe is help will help. You know, helps give life to because he's now clearly insulting more military people in in another book. But but the point being, like, we won't know the effect of all this. We talked about this with Jason Box, too, as a numbers guy, a polling expert in our la- on our last show. I think a week or two from now, after all the saturation coverage, we'll see. But Rachel's point was still right on, like the fact that we're looking at somewhere between even just looking at somewhere between six and nine. Swing states in the end, right now, at most nine, um, and that those will decide this thing. And that there are states where, you know, Wyoming, Oklahoma, there are places where Donald Trump will win sixty-five to seventy percent of the vote. Still, We're, like our democracy is no is not accountable anymore in many. It, it's broken, right. and the New York Times is one of the big reasons why, because the New York Times sets the tone for the rest of the media, and when anywhere anything. Hurts the left because they're so scared. Oh, my God. They, Trump tweeted us in like the meanies at the Heritage Foundation and the National Review may call us liberals. They bend over fucking four times backwards. They're literally yogis in how much they bend over to make sure they do whatever the right wants them to do. But they won't give even close to remotely the same coverage um, when we've got this person who literally is a gangster, is a, is a fucking pathological liar, is a sociopath, mm-hmm. and everything else that's wrong with them, they won't do it. So, I mean, that, that's not all that, but that is one of the major mm-hmm. reasons that this person is still in, in this race, and this is why I harp on this all the time. Because if all the newspapers and all of local news and everybody covered these things as as they would cover anything else outside of politics, which is we're not doing it 50-50. If if one side is wrong 98% of the time or is evil 98% of the time, that's what we're going to tell people because it's the simple truth. Not because we hate Republicans or love Democrats or vice versa. We're just going to tell people the fucking truth because that's what our job is. And if they did that, everything would be different, but they don't. And that allows the right-wing media to influence low-information voters so they just don't even know – it's not even low-information voters. I know folks who are Republican who are friends of mine, most of whom now at least are disabused of Trump, So a few of whom voted for him the first time as the lesser of two evils, quote-unquote. And the only reason they did that is because they weren't getting most of the information on Trump. They were, you know, being up in a parties in our country, like religion and other things are tribal. Your friends, your family are supporting something. So you do it. You may have some questions, but those questions are never answered by a mainstream media constantly putting out there in context, how bad Donald Trump is and how bad right. the Republicans are now. Right. And it's destroyed. I mean, you know, we are a teetering on the edge democracy by any honest accounting that doesn't deliver what a majority of the people want probably most of the time. I mean that has so many roadblocks to us getting – electing the people we want and having the country we want. I mean it's – it's and, and again, there's, some of it is constitutional and is really hard to fix. Others of it are not, and a big reason why is The New York Times and, and those like them. So um, I'm sorry. I had to go off on my rant. Sure. You go ahead, Jonathan.
1: Um, I just want to raise one little point here that's interesting with regards to Dan Coates. As Cliff was saying, far right Republican, family values, religious right guy. Okay, Dan Coates was on the board of the Family Research Council, the Religious Right group, which a lot of you know who that is, right? I mean, really,
0: really far right guy. I vouched for Clarence Thomas to be a Supreme
1: Court yeah, justice. This is, I mean, he's he's very nice and friendly on TV. This is not a nice guy. Okay, and Coates not only harbored concerns that. Putin was blackmailing Trump while serving as the director of national intelligence. That's the job that Trump put Rick Grinnell in, our crazy former ambassador to to Germany, right? Who's like a a Twitter troll akin to Don Don Jr. I mean, that's the job. It's basically overseeing the entire intelligence community, working out of the White House. Huge job, hugely political as well. So Coates has concerns that Trump is basically bought off or being blackmailed by Russia. And while he's
0: serving under Trump,
1: just while he's serving, mind you. Right. So he's like, but he's still serving. It's what I did not know. Cliff was listen to this. Okay. Um, how, uh, hold on the money. All right. Coates and his staffers examined the intelligence as carefully as possible, but there was no proof but they still kept their doubts. What everyone's missing is the first part. Coates and his staffers investigated Trump to see if Trump was a double agent because that's what they were afraid of.
0: I mean, right? Nobody, <laughs> Nobody's picked up on that. I mean, Let's this is see, the- it's like I was going it, <laughs> through some of these I things, John, and- <sighs> There's so many – it's like we were saying at the beginning of the show. What's worse, that our defense secretary thought we were on the precipice of a nuclear war, that this guy ignored a pandemic? Or, or that he did nothing about it. Die, or yeah. that that the head of a DNI, a very conservative yeah. guy, thought that our president was owned by yeah. Russia. I don't know. They're all pretty close. And none I mean, of them did anything about it, by the way. Coates. Yes. Coats still and, and thinks again, to this day, you know, Right, right hmm, now, what? like, I'm looking at this as, you know, there's a lot of time. After all this is over, hopefully, if, if you know, you know, pray to, <laughs> inshallah, as they say in the Middle right. East, um, to to have it out with the Mattises and the Boltons and the people like that. Right, right now, we're saving our democracy, and so don't think that I am lessening my ire at them, at Woodward, these other fucks that could have told us these things in March and saved it for their right. books. Right. I'm not. But again, folks, like I just feel like I've got, to, you know, and, and granted, maybe that I should let some of the I mean, New York Times stuff go. Some of the reasons I don't. Is because I feel like the more pressure we put on them, we're always so nice to them, and the right attacks them that yeah. they end up doing the right's bidding. That if there were more people that rip the fuck out of them and unsubscribed like I did, and who have blue check marks and you know at least five figure Twitter account like I do, I'm not saying I'm some big deal, but who sat there and encouraged everybody to unsubscribe and subscribe to the Washington Post or the L.A. Times or someone else instead, maybe they get the message. You know, I don't know. But that's the reason I keep up on them, because I feel like it could affect the coverage in this election. But anything right now that's not about this election, that's, you know, in less than 60 days, you know, we can figure the rest out later. We need this person out of office. Listen to this quote, because this is ticking me off more and more. And frankly, it
1: even gets a lot of me. <coughs> had my allergy pill, but nonetheless, of course, they're bothering me again. Um, people were getting very upset yesterday. That Woodward knew all of this for months and waited to write a book. Let's let's put that as one point to talk about in a second. Listen to this. Woodward recounts a revealing conversation This is from CNN. Woodward recounts a revealing conversation between Dan Coates. And uh, who was the de- director of national intelligence and secretary Mattis, who's the general who was defense secretary. After Mattis had resigned, cause remember Mattis resigned, he was pissed off because Trump unilaterally announced he was pulling troops out of Syria and didn't
0: tell anybody. Remember like 55,000 scandals ago where we allowed our allies, yeah. the Kurds to die and Russians to take over our bases in the Middle exactly. East? Yeah, that one.
1: And then Trump pretended he fired Mattis and Mattis was like, no. So after Mattis had resigned, he and Coates discussed what they might, that they might have to stand up and speak out and take collective action to stop Trump, right? He's dangerous, Mattis said. He's unfit. Mattis is quoted as saying, we can't let the country keep going on this course. Woodward writes, this is dangerous. But what did Mattis do? Not a fucking thing. What did Coates do? Even though to this day, he harbors concerns that his boss, the president of the United States, is a Russian spy. Not a fucking thing I, other than finally they spoke to Woodward, which is great. But give me a... to hear the rest of this episode, become a premium subscriber to the unprecedented podcast by going to patreon.com slash unprecedented podcast. And with a five dollar a month or more subscription, you not only support the show, but you get access to this episode and all of our premium episodes, including all of our great guests Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate your support.